so I took about 12 grams and I was out completely on the ground just going through a trip that fuck I still can't explain today and with that being said someone walked in on me and they thought I overdosed on something so they called the cops so I was still out and out and then I started peeking and I peeked with the cops with a flashlight in my face make sure I'm okay they weren't they weren't threatening me but it felt like I was my friends were fucking with me with a flashlight so I just kept knocking the flashlight out of the way and uh, then they took me in the ambulance I still didn't know what the fuck was going on they were trying to put a collar on my neck I thought I had brain damage Oh, I thought God. it was my friends fucking with me. I was like, stop it. I don't want to do it. And I started laughing and shit like that. And then I got into a CT scan. Still didn't know what was going on. Still thought it was a fucking trip. I'm like, this is the, this is the most real trip I've ever fucking felt. The amazing thing about the mushrooms is that they speak. They talk to you. They will answer questions, carry on conversations. Psilocybin just pulls up a chair on the porch and puts its feet up. Don't we talk another crazy moon ain't real shit either on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'm going all the way. Hilarious. <sighs> We've all grown so much since we <laughs> first encountered the mushroom, haven't we? I was fully convinced the moon wasn't real. I know I was there. <laughs> I, was, no, I, was fully, I was fully convinced the world was actually ending. So, well, I mean, that maybe. <laughs> oh, like, no, it was, no, literally, the sky was falling. It was fucking ending. And yeah. I was sinking in the sand. It was over. I'm like, okay, might as well just let go. Yeah, yeah, but that was uh, that was um, maybe maybe midways in your journey with mushrooms um yes amanda we're gonna have you right here with us baby (laughs) (laughs) happy Uh, labor day and even your you know how we're talking about the how you went from an ayahuasca trip in kentucky to coming down to jamaica yeah and now you're back here in kentucky for a sanctuary event Uh, even that is just a blip in your psychedelic journey Uh, but before we get into all of that gonna first say welcome to another episode of psilocybin says i'm eric osborne i'm courtney rose and we've got kevin singleton with us today. <laughs> <laughs> hey friend, kevin good friend on, of the mushroom of our family of our community and really grateful to finally get to sit down here with you today yeah thanks oh, for yeah, coming here yeah, Tried it before and it didn't work out, so try it again. See what happens. Uh, it's always better in <laughs> yeah in person, man. Yeah, uh, the Zoom things are okay, but this is really how it gets done. And uh, you know, you surprised the fuck out of me, you and Courtney. Yeah, and well, yeah, man. I felt game. like you just needed a little positive surprise. So it was a good one. I was like, yeah. <laughs> this motherfucker walks in the door, <laughs> just walks in the door. Athena's like, are you expecting somebody? Okay, what's <laughs> just walks in the door like, hey, I'm home. <laughs> Eric's mouth full of peanut butter. <laughs> or chewing on a peanut butter sandwich, looking like an idiot. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, I, I've told you before, so this, when I got here and then when I stayed here, I usually don't like going places because I don't like leaving my house. It's, you know, I get so used to my uni- my own little world. Mm-hmm. But when I got here, I was just like, I felt like I was just down the street. Mm. I don't feel like I was from in Kentucky coming from Texas so that's that's a testament to y'all and to just how y'all make people feel but it also is a testament to me of how I know where I want to be so mm. it's a good feeling so. yeah man you really you know from the first time 
in Jamaica. After after that first dose, you know, during that first dose, I was kind of like, hmm, what's up with this guy? He's he's different. He's different. And uh, and then I just I saw that that difference was your heart. You know, like you just you have a, a an amazing heart. And I watched you that first trip. You were just breathing, just breathing. Breathing and walking, bro. Process. And walking, walking. walking. Well, the first part of it, you just sat there and breathed mm-hmm. on the floor. And then you got up and started walking and just processing. Yeah, I don't remember the breathing part. That's what's crazy. I about do. That, it was, it was interesting. Dose. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was really watching you come on there. Um, but anyway, like I said, that's, that's kind of like midways down your journey yeah. with psilocybin. And you have one of the most interesting stories Mm. that I've ever encountered. You can put it mm. that way, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you really could. Um, so why don't you start us off? Just start us off with your how yeah. you came to psilocybin and how this journey's unfolded. We'll just do a real quick, I mean, just real quick synopsis of even just the psychedelic world, just trying to get more under, trying to understand it. It started when I was like 12 with the Doors movie and just I was really interested in that altered state perspective. So... Of course, I didn't follow through with anything because I was really, I grew up really slightly conservative. So, mm-hmm. you know, they were there, but I never, I always looked down upon anything other than alcohol, which is always weird. Mm-hmm. So I was like, now nah, it's going to hurt me. So, but I'm drinking, but that's another story. But uh, I ended up, you know, through football and all that and growing up, and I ended up going to the military. And this is where, this, this is where my psychedelic journey begins. So if you are pro military, you don't like, this I would not listen just to be honest with you because it's not that I'm against the military but when I got in the military I was all for it but when I took my first dose of mushrooms I wanted to get out but since I'm on a contract I couldn't so I just continued to do mushrooms so hold on let's, let's back mm-hmm. up here a little bit and uh, yeah yeah just want to again recognize for those that are listening, you may wonder why in the fuck we have a baby in the middle of our podcast. That's because I am, we are, it is insisted that Courtney and I are going to continue to do this podcast together. This has been uh, our journey with psilocybin. A lot of people have seen it as my journey, and that's just not the truth. She was a foundational part of Myco and now Sanctuary, and we have yet to do anything that was really public together. So if you don't like babies on podcasts, you can fuck off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, I just, uh, and I just and also thank you. Yeah, thank and, you for and, being and, here. And, and, well, and if you do like babies, <laughs> well, thank you very much for being a part of. So yeah, I really appreciate you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Love well, you. We talked about that nonviolent communication. Last week. <laughs> Don't say fuck off around my baby. <laughs> Just uh, kidding. We're, yeah, we're, we're way beyond that. <laughs> yeah, just anyway, all right. So, love you. How the hell did you get to take mushrooms in the military? That surprised me when yeah. we first started talking. Yeah, that, with that caveat, with another caveat, I'm not bashing the military. It was, my, it was the best thing I ever did in my life. But I just found out it, when I did mushrooms, it's that structure, and that chaos, which is good for some and help for a, for a lot of people, was not for me. So, I was in Okinawa, Japan, about mm, 2000. Uh, 2001, right around there, and they had them. They were legal in Okinawa, mm-hmm. so if you, we were just looking for a good time to go, you know, go to a bar. So we saw these little tents, and then they had mushrooms. We're like, what kind of mushrooms? They're like, 
mushrooms. Those are magic mushrooms. I was like, okay, so we just got a bunch of them. We buy as many as we could. So were there people there that have been like, oh, I've done mushrooms before. Let's do this. This is going to be fun. Or A couple guys. Yeah. Okay. It wasn't just like, it was, yeah, we had two people that have done them, and I haven't. So I was just like, you know what? Let's just try them. So we just started eating them, and I was just, we were just eating a bunch of them. And we never, it wasn't for medicinal. It was all recreational, of course. So that's where I started was recreational. We just kept eating them and just walking out in town and having a good time. And then when we come down, it's just we felt good for two weeks. But then, you know, we kept doing it for by a solid year. We were doing it every weekend, sometime during the week. And then one time I laid down with it and just sat with it on the bed. And I don't know where I went. It was weird. So, of course, they pulled me up like, nope, that's the dark side. You can't go there. So they pulled me out. We start walking again. So one time everybody just left. And then uh, by the time... I was really going back to a harder dose was they actually made them illegal in Okinawa. So what the guys did out in town is they just crushed them up into a powder. Mm. And like, eh, roughly probably each pretty good size packs, about six grams per pack. And we, I'm going to take one and it'd be good. So when everybody left again, I was like, mm -hmm, you know what? I'm going to do two by myself in my room and, and, and really sit with it, see what I can do. Mm. So I did. But, um, of course, I didn't do the safety part of it, which was make sure my doors were locked. So I took about 12 grams, and I was out completely on the ground, just going through a trip that, like, I still can't explain today, and that was 17 years ago now. So, um, but with that being said, someone walked in on me, and they thought I overdosed on something. They have no idea what I was doing. So they called the cops, so... I was still out and out, and then I started peeking, and I peeked with the cops with a flashlight in my face, make sure I'm okay. They weren't, they weren't threatening me, but it felt like I was, my friends were fucking with me with a flashlight, so I just kept knocking the flashlight out of the way, and I just didn't know what that was going on, it, it, uh, and then they took me in the ambulance, I still didn't know what the fuck was going on, they were trying to put a collar on my neck, and I thought I had brain damage, oh but I thought God. it was my friends fucking with me, I was like, stop it. I don't want to do it. And I started laughing and shit like that. And then I got into a CT scan. Still didn't know what was going on. And then I was just like, man, this shit ain't real. So I'm like, this, this will wear off. These are fucking strong. I've never taken this much. And then I got a catheter. Still thought it was a fucking trip. I'm like, this is the, this is the most real trip I've ever fucking felt. And looked down and they were take, pissed out of my, my, just out of me. I'm just like, what is going on? They took blood from me. I'm like, this is not real. And then even to the point where I was on a bed and everybody was surrounding me, I thought it wasn't fucking real. I'm like, this is just some good, strong fucking mushrooms and it will go away, I promise. But then when I came down, I came down in my room and realized at that point, everything was fucking over, at least with my military career. Everything was over. And then... Um, I don't know. I had to basically with that shame and that terror and that fucking just I failed. I lived with that for about 14 years by myself. I'm not blaming anyone. I never did, but um, it hurt. Because it didn't feel like 14 years of life. It just felt like 14 years of a uh, just existing without a fucking purpose and 
And so with that 14 years of doing nothing, I just thought it was something I should never ever do again. You know, I, you know like with my, the way I was back then, I just blamed everything on everything. So I just blamed mushrooms for fucking me up and, you know, f- almost like I, they, I don't know, someone tricked me into doing it, which it wasn't. I know what it was, but I was in such a denial that I didn't know who I was with that. And it wasn't, and the problem was it was a great fucking experience. It was a beautiful, I had a beautiful experience during that, but then I just didn't realize what was going on. So that was the part where I was just like, you know what? I feel, I felt good even though I felt bad, which is kind of weird. So, but I didn't have any help afterwards. So if you don't mind, I just want to clarify because yeah, like when, the, when this all went down, um, uh, first of all, if you could be a little bit more detail specific about how they dealt with you, like after you came to and conversations, but to be really clear for the audience that yeah. you didn't tell anybody about this after it happened. You got out, you were, you were basically forced out of the military yeah. and you came back home and you didn't tell anybody why you left the military, the truth about why you no. left. Shame, dude. I could, that was shame and fucking just like, you know, because, you know, before I was in the military, I was just a wild kid, you know, doing crazy shit. And I thought if I go to the military, it will, it will be better for me mm-hmm. as in just my, that, that worry of how people perceive me. Mm-hmm. So military is one of the great places to go. If you were having issues with how you people, you want people to see you because everybody sees most people, not everybody sees people in the military just as a, you know, just fuck, he's doing something at least. I'm not just doing drugs and and partying. Mm. So, yeah, I just didn't want to tell anyone. And I didn't want to disappoint anybody. So I just, I didn't lie to anyone. I just told them I got out early, which I did. I just didn't, but I don't go into detail of why I got out early. So, but with the, with that 14 years of just, of, of not telling anyone, I also, Having to say thank you when someone says thank you for your service, I'm just like, fuck, I, I don't want to tell anyone, but I'm like, okay, thank I just walk away. I just mm. don't want to fucking. That's the, that was the part that hurt me the most. Yeah. Because not just the not telling my family, but then like leaving my, my brothers in the military, like a lot of them went to, got deployed and some of them died. So that was a tough one. Mm. Not saying I could have done anything, but. It felt like I abandoned them, then I abandoned myself, and I abandoned my family. So it was a tough, it was, it was a tough fourteen year fucking ride, man. It was just, yeah, it was a hard yeah. one, man. And you didn't, you know, like you didn't. <sighs> fuck, I don't know. I was thinking back to that day that you told me about this. After was it after the second dose or the first dose? Well, when I first went to, um, my first one to Jamaica was two thousand eighteen July, and. I told you a little bit on the second dose, but it wasn't, it was just a little bit. Yeah, you just gave me a little window. Yeah, into it. and I was still, even on fucking eight grams of mushrooms, I couldn't get it all out, which I didn't understand that. I, fuck, I didn't understand it. And then I, even on 12, I it had an amazing experience, and that was a couple poems written on that, and really, that right there really shook me up to the point to where I, it was a great trip, but that was a hard seven to eight months afterwards because I really had to strip myself down mm-hmm. and really be honest with myself and 
still couldn't tell anybody in my family to try that. I just, it didn't feel like it was important enough to explain because we had so much going on in the family. So, you know, that, did all that. And then I went back to Jamaica for what, a year later, maybe, rollover. And it was good. Then on the, you know, did that first five gram and that blew me away. Then still couldn't get it the fuck. I don't know why that I was wanting to. But then, well, once I did that second four gram on the second trip, shit, I, 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 I was the happy, that was the happy trip. So I was like, maybe I don't need to tell anybody. Mm. So I was like, we're just going to repeat the four gram, do another happy trip. But then that's when I think I finally broke through my wall. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. That, but the problem was when I broke through that wall, it wasn't like this, I'm so happy, I'm glad I got to tell Eric no fucking. <laughs> no, 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 no. that was a long day. The way this trip went was I was supposed to go sit down there with Eric, and we're supposed to have the same happy trip. But I got to go back to Okinawa and feel like I'm in trouble, mm-hmm. and Eric was just the counselor trying to calm me down so the cops can come and pick me up. And I just said, no, fuck it. I did it. I guess I'm just going to sit with it. And lay, I just laid down and I don't know when the fuck I went after that. There was a lot of, I don't know, man. It's just, it's weird to talk about my trips. I, I talk about <clears throat> my the effects a lot. I don't talk too much about how the trips go because I always feel like uh, it's for me. It's for me. And it's not something that everybody needs to hear or should hear. I, I do believe they should hear the after effects of mm-hmm. your trips. At least for me, because the after effects now that I'm, I guess, a little more experienced in the, I guess you could say, therapeutic side of doing mushrooms is I enjoy more of the after effects, man. Just a few months after, I just love the world and don't hold shit in like I used to. Mm-hmm. It was, I didn't realize how much. That really, that really just weighed on me and wore me down and beat the hell out of me. It's huge, man. But I mean, I to just, have something like that, uh, like yeah. imagine everybody out there that's listening, imagine taking 12 grams by yourself and waking up in a fucking hospital, in an ambulance. Like that is so traumatizing. Yeah, it's really, it's I never, really see, scary. I, before I ever talked to you, I've never thought of it that way. Jesus Christ. Because you got to realize I had that disconnect with mushrooms. Mm-hmm. It was just like, this is fun. But, yeah, it's like you're mm-hmm. drinking alcohol. You just kind of think of it as a drug. But. but what it attracted me to it was what I learned from y'all really good was it's a great medicine, You got but you got to sit with it. Mm-hmm. That's where everything happens. Mm-hmm. You can take a, a big dose and just run around. And, and I always look, when I look back now, I just laugh at myself because that's what I have to do because there's nothing I can do about it. But, you know, I look back and I was like, I was eating thistles and mushrooms and just fucking running. And then that's a metaphor for life. I was running from, I ran from everything. That's why I went to the military because I was running from not to be a fucking deadbeat. That's the whole thing. And it's as sad as that sounds. I just felt like I was, and then I got lost when I got in the military and then I got a job and then like, I don't know. So that's why I was like, you know what? Finally, I was just going to, this is more of a back, I'm a backup. I've got kind of lost in the story, but that what you talked about, I was gonna start. So fuck it. Since I, I haven't done psychedelics in a long time, we should try them again. So I go back and start looking and go find a little ayahuasca place in Kentucky. So hold on. Before that, 
how yeah. like you just were like curious about psychedelics again or you had heard some information about them helping recover from trauma or what i just felt lost again dude okay <laughs> and i was just like you know what fuck it i mean because i felt so bad about what happened mm-hmm. that um it was like one of those things where it was almost like mm, i'll give i don't care what happens mm. so we're just gonna go experience some more psychedelics and if if it ends it ends i was just uh, not that i wanted to die i've never been that way it's just like i was like i didn't care mm. and it, i know i felt good on the, that's what's fucked up about that me getting kicked out on that, that trip was a good trip except for the ends it was that's what i can't explain to people it, it was it was like it was traumatizing like yeah but during the trip i was seeing some crazy and amazing angelic shit which i don't ever talk about because mm-hmm. i just think about you know the ambulance this mm-hmm. that and then just mm-hmm. the di- the hardest part of that was when i when i came to i realized that it was my entire fucking unit was there basically mm-hmm. and they were fucking scared because mm-hmm. they thought i was gonna die that hurt the most so nobody there that had was doing mushrooms with you all were like found the packs packets and were like he's on mushrooms or no anything? because we, i realized i'm doing these a long time well when i got to this point so mm-hmm. we take flush mm-hmm. ain't fucking shit that's mm-hmm. just how we were mm-hmm. and, and yes i know that sounds kind of <laughs> mischievous but i wasn't just this guy that did them and weren't yeah, no, it's the military it was well. military we're not stupid yeah. there's a lot of I mean, and if anybody out there is really shocked by this i'm sorry <laughs> a lot of your fucking troops are doing psychedelic drugs hey <laughs> 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 yeah. moms wake son, up call i'm telling you right now if all of a sudden your son became this loving fucking dude it was not from the military Mm-hmm. And that is not just centralized to Okinawa. There's so many drugs that go through the military, bro. It's ama- and I've met some of the most amazing people, psychonauts from the, they, their first experience was the military. Mm. So this it's not an isolated incident, folks. It happens all the time, and I think it's what's keeping a lot of our troops alive. Oh yeah, we're gonna mm. interview a guy same, same. same. Yeah, we're we're yeah. soon gonna interview a guy that is is a big part of that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm saying as in the military, everybody thinks the military is one way. Well, all the military really is, is just a controlled civilian environment. We're still fucking people, but we just have more roles than we all do, but we can get away with more shit. That's really true. So I'm really, I'm curious, and this may be too early to ask this at this point in the podcast, but that experience, um, you know, I'm thinking a lot about Eric. Eric and I's arrest and the events leading up to that and how traumatizing that was and how I just looked away from mushrooms for a couple years after that. I couldn't even think about eating mushrooms. I don't want anything to do with mushrooms. I just blamed the mushroom. Mm. And um, it wasn't until really a couple of years ago that I was able to see uh, the benefits of that trauma and how it helped me and helped us. So I like, I'm wondering now uh, for you, do you see any positives that came out of that at this point? Yeah, man. I mean, when I got out, no, it was horrible. But as I grew with everything, of course, of course, there's, I wouldn't have never met y'all if I didn't fucking do that. And right now, this this space and where I'm at today, right now, is the best place I've ever been in my life. Mm-hmm. So I can't regret, but I can reflect, and I do all the time. That's why I've, I tell it before. Okay, before I told you, 14 years, you're the first person I ever told 
Mm-hmm. Now I can't stop telling people. <laughs> Thank you for your service. I'm like, hey, by the way, come here. <laughs> I, no, 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 no. It's not something that someone told me to do. I was like, I have to share that. Just yeah. be like, I'm, here's a caveat to what just happened. Thank, thank you for thanking me, but I got kicked out of the military for doing psychedelic drugs. And then it, it spawns into a totally different conversation. So, yeah. Mm. So, it, it, yeah, of course, it is, it's healing and it's reflective and it's helping me through life. And I'm not, and today, if I didn't share that story, if I never told you, honestly, I think it would overwhelm me and I'd probably be fucking dead somehow, some way, because I've been chasing something else to just get rid of that pain. Yeah, no, I, it, I could feel just the pressure letting off of you when you started telling that story. And, and then, you know, fast forward to the last dose that we did together in Jamaica. I just remember something. Mm-hmm. I didn't tell you while we were dosing the first time. No, it was the, the, it was the lobster, lobster pot. pot. Yeah. I remember now, I remember yeah. black sand. And, mm-hmm. yeah. I remember black sand and I didn't want the, yeah. I didn't no, want the ocean. I, did, I fucking, I couldn't, I did, like the, my heart just went out to you thinking about how that must have just been so traumatic. Like Courtney said, you know, knowing how that our arrest affected us and we weren't even on mushrooms when it happened. And then for you to go through that while you're on mushrooms and then, and then just feeling the weight of you waiting 14 years to come back to the mushroom and the courage that it took for you to come back to the mushroom and then the courage that it took for you to share that. And then you fast forward again to that last dose that we had together and seeing you continue to process that, and you, you know, you just kept saying, "I fucked up, yeah, I fucked up, I fucked up," you know, and it's just like that was probably four hours that we just sat there with you going through that loop and processing that. And I mean, I mean, I, I don't know, like, I, I am just such a the the gratitude that I feel, the the like, what an honor it is that you and so many people have been able to you know offload with me and that you waited 14 fucking years to tell anybody and then I was the first person and then you're able to help so many people through your story and now here we are and I know this is going to help people I know people are going to hear this and maybe touched by it and there are so many other people that have been similarly affected by the laws and the misconceptions understandings around psychedelics and like you're saying the military but if do you do you appreciate your soldiers do you thank your soldiers for their service then you they should be eating mushrooms then they should be getting mdma yeah it's also one of those things i always like to say i don't like everybody thinks i should um like pissed at the military i am not by Mm -hmm. any stretch of the imagination i'm one of the biggest supporters but like i said it's easy to get lost in whatever context we can get lost in so Mm -hmm. with that said i love the military but you know, like I said, man, it's just it is it's just a weird journey. Yeah, so let's so let's let's get into kind of the next phase of that journey. You got out of like I said, you, you were started to go there, you yeah. got out of psychedelics fourteen years, then you came back and started looking at it, you were feeling like everything's fucked up, you've gotta find something mm-hmm. and you looked into ayahuasca and you Of course that's uh what was that? Two shit. I think I saw y'all two thousand eighteen, so I'm thinking two thousand fifteen. That's when the ayahuasca really hit. Like it was became this popular thing, mm-hmm. so I was like, I didn't want to go to Peru at the time because I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know what it was. So I was like looking around for something local, hopefully, but it wasn't. And then look for something at least in the states, mm-hmm. and I found it in Kentucky, which was, <laughs> I guess it was weird when I saw it. But I'm like, you know what? I just need to try something. I did that, and that was, and that's when I was like, after I did that, I'm like, I'm just gonna do this internationally. I'm gonna go find some different places and go all around the world. And so, okay, well, let's talk about your talk. Share a little bit about your ayahuasca experience. 
Uh, it was. It was. I mean, the, yeah. Go ahead. Set and setting was weird. I guess you could say. Now that look, now that I look back on it, it's just weird. It was just weird. I mean, I didn't know what it was. Cause I've never seen. I guess you could say a psychedelic church. Because, you know, I didn't like the word church, but I'm like, eh, fuck, I, I don't have anything else. There's no psychedelic wellness center. So <laughs> I guess we're going to a ayahuasca church at that time. I was really like, this is whatever. Because I was hoping there wasn't going to be priests in there. It was just weird things going through my mind before I got there. But when I got there, it was just, I don't know, it was a weird experience. The guy was a really good guy, I guess, really nice. But we, we uh, of course, it was a tea. I drank the tea and... That was an experience that I went to another fear loop. And it wasn't the military fear loop. It was everything else but the military, which I didn't understand. I'm like, I have, all, I thought I had all those problems with what happened in the military. And it unlocked my, I guess, my trauma with my dad. And that was weird, too. It's just my dad was, you know, he was a functioning alcoholic, but he'd always get in your face when he was drunk. And that's what I felt in that trip. Hmm. And it was weird because it wasn't. It was over an overwhelmingly strong experience. It was really a strong experience. And then let that pass, but really just, I didn't like it. I knew I wasn't going to like it. I probably wasn't going to pursue it again. It just destroyed my stomach. It was just really, I mean, I guess that's how you have to purge, but my stomach was wrecked. Hmm. And, of course, I look into it. I knew why. It's just heavy in alkaloids. I get it. But uh, then the second trip, I expected... I was like, oh, shit, I'm going to have to experience the fear again. And when I did the second trip, it was uh, just wrapped up in love for four hours. So I was like, I don't know what this is. Because I'm like, I'm trying to figure some shit out, but it's not really explaining it. it I don't know. It's just different different strokes, different folks. And everybody, everybody experiences every psychedelic differently. That's why it's really hard to tell people how much you should do or what you shouldn't do. Was that the next day, no, the was, second trip? Yeah, it was back to back because it, was, it, uh -huh. it, was, it wasn't really up. Like, I'm, like while well, got used to in Jamaica was retreats organized it wasn't that it was just like here you take mm -hmm. this and you look at all this cool shit we have around here and I'm trying to black light so it was more like a it wasn't really a I wouldn't say a place for I guess not I wouldn't say not healing but it wasn't organized it was more like I was at a friend's house that had a bunch of cool shit up like you know devils and angels and all the Everything you would see, like I guess you in like a stoner's room back in the day when I was go to my friend's house and see all this reflective, reactive shit, and it was just weird because I didn't expect it. And he said church, I'm like, what kind of church is this? It was just, it was just mm -hmm. odd. So I was like, yeah, fuck it, you know, in Rome, just do it. So I did it. How did you, how did you find this? Uh, everything, man. Guy, <laughs> Google people. Yeah, Google. If you have, if you have a yeah. question or something, Google it. And that's how I found. It. And then after that, it was just a weird experience. And then I got home and I couldn't process that shit. And it felt like I damaged my brain just because there was no, I didn't have anybody to talk to afterwards to really understood what the fuck I was talking about. Mm -hmm. So it, was, it almost felt like I did more damage to myself because I just didn't have a support mm -hmm. structure going, coming out of it. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, I was, just, I, I was like, you know what? I need to, I need another experience, I guess, with a different substance. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, Fuck mushrooms, I guess again. Why not? Fuck it. So then I think it was three. I think I I, I found Myco. I think in two thousand sixteen online. I think I real yeah. I just found mm -hmm. it. I think I might have been on. I don't know if it was Yelp or something. Mm -hmm. But uh, I was like, mm. I, I didn't like the experience in Kentucky, so I'm like, I'm gonna have to 
research these people. So it took me about two years to really just figure out what I wanted to do with mm-hmm. that. So I sat with that for a while. Mm-hmm. And I was like, fuck it. And then set up, and that's when I first met Athena on, on email, and mm-hmm. we got that set up. And wow. basically, that's, that's all she wrote, folks, right there. I mean, honestly, because now where I'm at, if you want to fast forward a little bit, well, I'm curious, like, <clears throat> so when you had that ayahuasca trip, yeah. so that was, it seems like based on what you said, that the last time you really sat with a psychedelic plant was when uh, you were in the military and yeah. all that trauma happened. Yeah. That was like when you decided, okay, I'm going to go in my room mm-hmm. and I'm going to like sit with this. I'm not going to like run yeah. from this thing. And then it seems like the ayahuasca was the next time that you decided to just sit. Oh yeah. Oh, by the way, with oh, if you're a trip. in or dying mm-hmm. ayahuasca, you don't have a choice. There's no choice. Yeah. I mean, you can try to get up, but it's so disorienting mm-hmm. to, to to your senses. You can, you can't stand really. Mm-hmm. You can, but it's it's pretty fucking shaky. But it, 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 so that's what I I mean. If if you're someone that's really resistant, yeah, I would take ayahuasca. It's gonna it's gonna slam you to the floor, and you're gonna experience it. So that's that. Damn, that is one of the big differences because it does disorient you to the point where you can't function for a little bit, just a little bit. I mean, it's not like you're catatonic or anything, but if you take enough, of course, of any psychedelic, you're not moving. But, yeah, I mean, so, yeah, I sat with it, but at the same time, it just, I don't know, I just, it didn't feel like it was, I guess you could say, administered correctly in the right way. Mm. And then it wasn't, I don't think, I guess you, now that I didn't know what that was called, but facilitating it, yeah. It was kind of, it was kind of weird. Was that, was the guy that ran the church, was he present with you in the room or was, did he leave or what? Too, he, he, he got too close. It felt like sometimes. Oh, really? Yeah. But he's just, I guess he's trying to make sure I was okay, but it felt like it was too close. So, I mean, it, 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 being the guy I was, I just didn't like people right up next to me like that. It was just different. I didn't like, he was almost like he, he didn't mean to, but it felt like he was hovering. And then huh. of course, when I told him that it was like, well, that's you, not me. I'm like, oh. Shit. Okay, I guess it is. I got confused on that, so I don't know. Hmm. It was more. It was a really confusing trip when it came down to it. I, it, was, it was. I enjoyed it, but at the same time, I was like, it just felt off. So I don't know if that was ayahuasca or if that was the administration of it. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. There's no. You know, sometimes you can't explain what this, what you're going on in your head in a psychedelic experience, and sometimes you can. Yeah, but there was no conversation beforehand, like what what you want out of it, or was there? It it was, of course, it was a conversation. Mm -hmm. It's just, I don't know. It just because when you're more distracted by your surroundings than you Mm -hmm. are by the actual person, it can get. But also, that could be me. So I don't. It's one of those weird things. I don't know. Yeah, I really can't say it was a bad place, but I can't say it was a good place. It's just I'm I'm, I'm really neutral on that because I just don't know if it was me at the time or if it was. The place at the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I've crazy. heard I've heard a lot of mixed reviews. Yeah, so, <laughs> so. I mean, that's and that was that, and that. But honestly, I enjoyed it. And I, I thank him for it because if I didn't mm-hmm. go to him, I don't think I'd ever make it to Jamaica. So mm-hmm. honestly, mm-hmm. so and that's where I'm at basically now with it is at least my headspace is. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I was crying a little bit a while ago on the. Uh, just thinking back and just reflecting on that that crazy shit, but now I'm really am in a good spot overall. I was trying to say try to say ninety eight percent happy, two percent just in case. Well, I'd say 
more I don't know more than a good spot man I mean you you're one of the people that I have seen grow the most through yeah. your souls out work you have done so much work you have you have taken those experiences and grown from them just in in a way that is a real example to to me and to our community uh, and and you know you talk so much about the integration process and how important crucial that is uh, I'd love to hear some of your like thoughts and practices mm-hmm. well, in yeah, that. Well, yeah, it, it differed, you know, it, it evolved from, you know, go, you gotta realize I didn't have any, after the ayahuasca, there was no really good, pro, I, didn't, I didn't process shit. I just went home and just, I'm like, I guess I'm just broken. It, it, it worked temporarily now I feel like shit again. So I really didn't start any of that until after the first retreat. And mm-hmm. like I said, that was a rough seven months. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, what it, if I look now on, in hindsight, twenty, I'm like that was twenty three grams in a week. Yeah, it's gonna unlock something and loosen some shit up, and it did. And it, even though it was a rough seven months, there a lot went on because I really had to face myself. So I had to figure out ways of doing that mental inventory on myself, of starting to accept myself. Wait a minute, I'm actually a good person. I actually do love myself, but it, it took a while to get there, and so it was constantly doing. I was real heavy in meditation at the beginning because I was like I just felt out of whack and lost every day. So I just kept meditating and meditating, looking in the mirror, doing self affirmations of like what's going to happen today. Mm-hmm. Then I'm in the truck. I, re- I started. I would sing. I would look in the mirror, start talking to myself. Everybody looked like I looked like I was crazy, mm-hmm. but it was my process. Was this when you got back from retreat or yeah. months after? No, it was, it specifically, was, it was during. It was like so when I got home, I'm like. It was such. It was a great experience. It was. It was, it was a rough one, but uh, I had to figure out something to try to hold on to that feeling. As in, I don't. I need to feel this way without having to go do mushrooms mm-hmm. because I can't. Re- I don't want to rely on something to make me feel good. Mm-hmm. And that was, was my whole mind process. I don't want to rely on. Have to do it just to feel like a fucking human. So I was like, there's got to be more ways. And of course, I started looking into all the Eastern, everything Eastern. Any Eastern philosophies, Eastern medicines, and I just did a lot of a lot of meditations and uh, just really a lot of talking to myself was a big one, and just being brutally, brutally fucking honest with myself mm. of every it, taking the full inventory, not just like, hey, I love you and you're a good person, like, hey, no, you, you did some piece of shit things to people, and I need you to recognize it instead of just letting it go away in your mind like it didn't happen. That's that, that metaphor you gave the other day of, uh, you said like the 12 gram trip was like if you're, all your thoughts were a library of books and they just exploded. Yeah, yeah if uh, like, yeah, it came, that came, you gotta realize that, that trip was three years ago, right? Mm-hmm. So that came to me two weeks ago and I was, I got caught in that thought loop and I was like, that's what it was like. Like my brain or my mind was a library for a thousand books a million pages so when i did the 12 grams all the books exploded but so i had a choice i can just say fuck the books and just leave all my thoughts and experiences in life on the floor disheveled and looking like shit and just be confused or i have to pick up every page and read every page and put it back in the book it belongs so that was three years ago I'm still putting the pages back in the book, and I'm still reading all my pages. Such a such a good metaphor. Yeah, you got to read your pages, mm-hmm. even the ones you don't like. Even the ones you otherwise, don't like. 
You just can't figure out what book it goes into. Yeah, it, that, that, yeah, I told that to my nephew. My nephew, he's 18, so he's in that prime. I'm, I'm trying to get him to just go in a way that I didn't go, mm. which I can't, which I'm, but it, being in this headspace is I can't force him to do anything. I have an understanding he's going to do what he wants. So I'm not like a father figure to him. I'm more of a brother mm. to just show him, hey, this is, because I'm brutally honest with my nephew. I told him everything that's happened once we got done with this. Mm. He knows everything. He thought I was like King Uncle Kevin in the Marine Corps. So mm. he, looking back, it was tough to look at him sometimes because mm-hmm. he looked up to me and had a, he got a, the same haircut and shit. And it's mm. like, oh. But yeah, that's just, that's just my mind spinning because I can spin out of control on that all day when it comes to reflection, dude. That's all I do. That's who would have thought the, the this lost fucking broken kid then goes in the military and gets more broken than he thought he could ever be and then all of a sudden he turned I'm into this soup all I do is reflect and love. Who would have thunk that? I wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. And now all I want to do is figure out how I can without forcing people this upon people how I can get my message out there just by my presence and just by how I talk and not, not telling anybody you have to do, I hate being told what to do. Mm. So I don't want, I don't ever want to feel like I have to tell someone how to do something, but ex- you know, share my experience and hopefully it, it uh, resonates with them. And that's the biggest thing is how can I help people, especially in this type of space? Because, you know, I can, I, I can, in reality, I can't help everyone. And that's, really? a, that's, a, that's another part of my, my reflections and meditations. I want, I wish I could, but I can't. So I, I like to focus on a certain type of people that really w- will listen and have an understanding. And so with all that craziness I went through, I mean, I had basically, you know, my world had to end within that mushroom space for me to realize that I actually enjoy this reality. <laughs> That's why I thought, who would, you know, what was that? I had a poem about that. And it was, I had two, it was crazy that after that 12 grams, that 12 grams is going to sit with me the rest of my life mm. beyond any trip I ever do. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so vivid to today. <laughs> I mean, I, even though our second, yeah. even though the second retreat was, it was great. Mm-hmm. I mean, it had a great breakthrough, but I remember everything just from the 12 grams. I remember from, from beginning to fucking end. I've never done that with a trip and I'm still waiting for it to fade. Mm. Hasn't faded at all i know i remember every damn detail of it because it was it was it was a gripper boy <laughs> <sighs> yeah you were gripping onto the that, edge was, of the that was a rough one yeah it was fucking rough but the only but even though with even with that 12 I, I i let go but i didn't completely let go but you know hey that's what it is this was one's real but it, and it took four simple four grams just to knock that loose so it's it's not about the dose, folks. It's about the headspace. It's not about the dose. Just, uh, just man, seeing you learn and grow so much, I tell you, um, it's really amazing. Really amazing. You know, and you, you did, you know, uh, early on, you were a little, a little evangelical even about mushrooms. Like, this is something that everybody needs to do this. And then yeah. you started pulling back. And, oh, yeah. and, and you see how much more effective you are in mm-hmm. helping people grow mm-hmm. and even spreading the message of the yeah. mushroom, you know. Uh, so, you know, man, another thing that I really appreciate enormously on a personal level is, is just the kind of, I don't want to, I don't want to say commitment, um, 
or dedication, but solidarity. I think solidarity is a good word that you have shown uh, with myself and with mm-hmm. Courtney and our our community that whatever that community is that we're growing and you know it's shifted from Jamaica and now we have formed this church sanctuary and the whole, the whole reason you're here and the whole reason I was surprised by your presence uh, was because yesterday I was <laughs> so weird to say still but I was ordained uh, as the <laughs> first minister of sanctuary church let the healing begin brother well, you know, it's it's been an ongoing process, um, and this is just you know another page in my library of sorts. And and while it's been while it's been you know a little bit difficult for me to reconcile some of the language because I have had so much religious trauma, mm-hmm. even though recognizing you know just like your experiences mm-hmm. clearly illustrate that this is such a spiritual experience. Yep. Um, you know, it, it has been a struggle for me to, to kind of, you know, use that language. Um, and yesterday somebody said, we were talking about, you know, religious trauma. And she said, yeah, my grandpa was a, uh, a Lutheran minister and, you know, it's not really cool to tell people that. And he was kind of an asshole and this, that, and the other, and, you know, and I always used to hate saying my grandpa was a Lutheran minister, and I kind of like thought, oh shit, my grandkids will be able to say my grandpa's a psychedelic minister. And now by the time they're able to talk about that shit, I got grandkids, and it might not be so cool, but it yeah. definitely put things in perspective for me. And I was like, wow, okay, this is, yes, I accept. I definitely accept this. And and you have been such an instrumental part in helping me accept the role that not that I've taken it's just been kind of like given to me um, and so you know I just can't I cannot I can't express enough gratitude to you as a human being that has really shown support uh, to myself and my my wife and my family and my community and you're an important part of sanctuary. So uh, I would love to hear you kind of talk about how you envision this and how you understand it and, you know, what you see your role in it being. Oh, yeah, man. I appreciate all those words, man. It's just love, love, love. But, yeah, I mean, just to start with it is it wasn't just, you know, like I said, just you know micro meditations I've, i thought it was just that place i thought it was just going to be that but it, i fell in love head over heels in love with you and your family and it, it scared me because i'm like ah, what the fuck really i'm like no dude calm down there's just mushrooms talking you're good go walk it off but that's been three years and that feeling has grown every day it's and I, it's not just the it wasn't just the mushrooms i made me feel that way because that's another thing like when we were talking about um how we just like to i was also also once i got off the first retreat i was constantly just spreading that word and i couldn't just push them everybody should do them everybody should do them, everybody should do them until i reflected on that and that was that i always call it that mushroom high it just feels so you just want to tell everybody mm. but when you pull back and reflect it's just like share your experience but don't force it on anybody but where i see this going especially with uh, um 
sanctuary. Not worry about positive, man. Just as in establishing the community to help people heal. And I, I don't, I want people thinking it's just for people that are PTSD or depressed. Anybody just feels like their life just doesn't fucking make sense. Don't hide from it. Don't run from it. And, and reach out for help either any way you can, whether it has to be through sanctuary, but just ask for help. Because trust me, when you go for years not asking for help, there's a there's a big consequence to it. Mm-hmm. Luckily, like I said, I'm still alive and I'm healthy today. Mm-hmm. But it could easily went the other way without without psilocybin intervention, for the best way to put it. And it's gonna grow to a point to where it's a thriving community, and it's not a it will be the church will be secondary. Mm. They're gonna see it as a place to heal, and whatever name you want to put on it, fine. And it's funny that it's called a church because I resisted church forever and uh, hated everything that came up with it. It, was, it became a staunch atheist and talked shit about everyone's beliefs. Mm. And then did mushrooms and realized that shit. Yeah, that makes sense, man. It, the religions make sense. I'm not saying that they're good or everybody should become religious, but it makes sense why there are religions, why mm. people flock to mm-hmm. a group of people with the same interest and love. And that's what it. So that's all it really is, man. I mean, granted, you can have all the misconceptions about church you want, but it's just people getting together and expressing their belief in something they love. But the only problem with that is, is when that human element of corruption and power get into it. That's when that shit gets sticky. Mm. But my role when it comes to sanctuary, dude. Honestly, I've had dreams about it. Tending the tending grounds at somewhere when I saw you two walk up and I said hi and I started kept. Doing something on my hands and knees. I don't know that's what that dream meant, but it meant something. And um, and way way I the way I depict my dreams is like I depict my trips. Sometimes there's a big message in it, and sometimes it's just a dream, man. It'll maybe come to me later. I don't get too lost in what is the message right now. Mm -hmm. Now I give it time. I give it time to breathe. Well, I mean, you're already tending the ground of sanctuary, honestly, man. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're you hold so much space for people outside of the Sunday services that we do. Mm -hmm. You have tons of conversations with people that you've just met. You inspire people through your own words. You just be a solid, caring individual. Yeah. I was so. I mean, I I was so used to you know pushing people and leading people and getting people to go here, there, and the other, that as I've gotten older, I would rather be like a beacon for people as in they, they, they see what I'm doing and they ask questions. Mm-hmm. I'm not forcing mm-hmm. it on people. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's how a lot of people, at least for me, I, I, I don't want to feel like I'm pushy. Mm-hmm. And because I'm a bigger guy and I have a, sometimes I can have a real commanding presence. <laughs> and I, I don't want to, I want to feel Approachable. That's why my hair is mm. long now. That's, that's that's another little game I'm playing with myself. <laughs> another part. Everybody thinks it's just me being lazy growing my hair out, but no, man. I had that same haircut since I was like 11. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does soften you up. Yeah, it's, 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 I always call it. If anybody's wondering, I've had a, a high and tight haircut, military haircut forever, and I one day I was just after it was after the second retreat. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna grow my hair out. And see what it does. And what the funny part about that was the social experiment was um, people that feared me, the type of people that would fear me do that haircut, honestly, because authoritative haircut would now approach me, mm-hmm. and the people that respected me kind of lost a little bit of 
respect. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I was like, that is awesome. Isn't it interesting? It is so awesome because yeah. I'm like, what do you actually respect yeah. about yeah. a person? And then we they started going to so many different things about life. Like when people ask you off the bat, hey, what do you do for a living? And it's just how much respect I'm going to give you depends on your answer. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, people are so nutty. But I love it. I love everything about, about human experience. Now, I love everything. And, and that's one thing I try to preach. Not preach. I hate that word, too. But I, I, I kind of do get into a preachy mode. And it's just the way I, I guess I grew up. But uh, how I'm living my life right now is, is to love everyone, every human being on this planet. Unconditionally, to a point. This is what I mean by that. Is I, I love the path they're on. Every single one of them, no how fucked up they are or how corrupt they are. But I don't have to engage with them and do the same beliefs. But they're on a path too. I'm not them. They're not me. I'm not in their head. They're not in the fucking mind. So mm-hmm. I love them. Mm-hmm. And whatever they do, they do. But but like I said, if you if you see a train coming, get the fuck out of the way. It's the same. It's the same metaphor. With pe- it's the same metaphor with people. You don't have to engage. I don't have time to waste my energy on something I have zero control. And if I want change, I make change. Mm. And I believe if a lot of people would just take that mindset, I'm not saying do it, I'm not giving you advice. I'm just saying love everyone as a human. And then you're, I mean, honestly, it, it's just, it's, it was the biggest relief I've had in my life. And non psychedelic was the, 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 the mind. And that's when you start diving into many different things with it, man. Like, you know. I always say, like I tell people, it's like psychedelics are great, but have give your give your mind a chance, man. We're a lot more powerful than we give ourselves credit for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So much more powerful. Well, and that's what they're doing, really, is showing us our own potential yeah. power of ourselves, right? Yeah, it's cleaning that lens off a little bit. And you know, everybody's like, well, you you have to do psychedelics forever? Nah, you don't have to. But I do believe because we're human. Our lenses get fucking clouded, bro. It's mm-hmm. just, and we got to wipe them clean a couple times. Mm-hmm. A couple mm-hmm. times a year. I'm not saying do them every day. I'm not saying that. So if you're not, or you were an atheist, do you consider yourself not an atheist anymore? No, God is fucking real, bro. Okay, can you talk about that? It, I don't, your, your perspective on that, anyway. Well, like I said, bef- like pre, like every, like just, 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 just me being, I was just a toxic person before all this. Just like, yeah, you know, I just would talk shit about every single religion there was is because of my traumas with religion of course seeing different things and then once I did it it wasn't that I, be, I believe everyone's religion is right or whatever you want to talk about but the idea of religions and the control that religions had on humans I get I'm not saying that every religion is beautiful and everything's great about it no but I get the idea that there is something greater than us now, I don't know the name of that individual. Everybody has different names for whatever God you want to believe in, but it is all real, man. It's just hmm. we, it's just like anything else. You know, I live in Texas. Y'all live in Kentucky. Y'all see shit differently than I do. It's the same thing. It's but we're all just chasing the same thing. My best analogy for that was we're all going up that same fucking mountain, just taking different paths. But we, when we once we finish that path, some are longer than others, some are shorter than others. We all get to the same spot. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So whatever name you want to call it, fine. But I do believe that all religions are just chasing the same source. 
Hmm. And that's not even religions. That's just people like, because people hate the word religion. Spiritual practice, the energy you feel, the hum you hear when you're in a deep meditation, it's the same source, man. It's hmm. all it is. <clears throat> but as with everything, it's, and this is another division of people. So I understand that too. And that's what's funny about this work is I never thought I would get to that point of just, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> and just laugh. I'm like, I get it. No matter how bad some people treat me, I'm like they'll yell at me and cuss me out. I'm like, I fucking get it, dude. I don't get mad. And there's times I check myself, am I just going crazy or something? But I, I, just, I care, but I'm like, man, dude, I don't have the time to really waste on that. That energy of just being hateful or mm -hmm. just like bitching about something I can't fix. I just don't have the time for it. So, is there a moment that you can recall in your one of your mushroom experiences where you uh, felt like, oh, oh, yeah. oh okay, we'll now go, I get it. This has probably been repeated so many times in this podcast. That twelve gram man on the first retreat, you got y'all remember that that was a that was a four dose retreat. I could not do the four dose. I just couldn't. Oh yeah, that was and this the is another ten day there's another retreat. Another touchstone on that was was I didn't dose, and I was laying on a chair about 50, uh, 40 yards from the group. And I started peeking when they were peeking. That freaked me out. Cause mm -hmm. I was gone. I was, it wasn't a full like hard trip, but I could feel just everything. Just like in the, in, when you're in the space, if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. It just felt like I was tripping hard. And I was like, what is going on? It felt, it was uncomfortable. It felt good. I was like weird. And then I went through that for a couple hours and then I went over to the group and everybody was at that point where I was not down, but they were just in that good sweet spot. And we all just sat there and said goodbye to the space. And it was, mm -hmm. and I was like that and looked up and that's when I, I slept by the fire until the fire went out and I looked up and just like, yeah. So could you try <laughs> as hard as it is? What? Can you try to describe that the feeling of, um, peaking and mm. like, experiencing that however you want to call it source you called whatever it is that you can't really name <laughs> source uh it's what did that feel because, like because uh, i would love to tell everybody yeah i got i levitated and saw god i know i've never seen god like i know a lot of people said they did i've never have man but um that probably was the best place to experience that experience was in jamaica but oh man it's so hard to put in words I wrote, I wrote two poems about it, which was weird. I'm trying to remember those. And just that the moment was basically, okay, the basically like on the 12, it started heavy. Started, no, I got to figure this out. <laughs> yeah, it's just a little. Yeah, I had. Exercise. Like I, I did it. And then, you know, it, that's why I always say that mushrooms are fucking tricky, man, because it made me, it made me feel like excited when I first did the 12 the first probably 15 20 minutes so I got up and Dan was on the beach with his towel on his head and I started going up there and dancing around I'm like this is great I thought this is what the 12 grams was I was like hell yeah this is weird but it, it was I was excited and I kept run jumping around and then 15 minutes later that shit kicked in and then everything for me like fractaled to the point to where I was like Oh, it's almost like I saw beyond our reality. I'm not saying I did. I have no idea, but it felt like I did. And then I went, I face planted into the ground 
and I closed my eyes. I'm like, it'll go away if I close my eyes. Mm-hmm. And it didn't. And then I didn't have the realization of basically of religion that or understanding why people believe in religion, having that mystical experience was when during that trip, I got to watch the world end for me. And I tried to run from the world ending fireballs coming out of the sky. I was running up a hill on the beach and my legs started sinking. And I was like, Oh shit. And I was freaking out. And then people were walking by and I was trying to help them help me get out of the sand. And they're like, no, you did it. You did it this time. So you have to sit with this. I was like, what the fuck? I couldn't understand why people wouldn't help me out of the sand to run up the hill. So I was like, fuck. I was like, fuck it. And just in my mind, I just laid down with that and closed my eyes again, opened my eyes again. By the way, I probably had my eyes closed the whole time, but I felt like I was opening and closing them. And I was (laughs) in this black space, basically. I I felt like I was a consciousness with no body. And I felt at, at peace with that. That moment of, I don't exist right now. Mm-hmm. And the world is more than I, I would ever expect. The universe is more than I've ever expected it would be. And I just let that shit go right there. And I looked up and it was just like still all black. It made me realize that the world is good and people are good and religions are get it that so basically my reality had to come to a fucking complete end for me to realize like oh I, that's what i'm not that's why i get the religion that's why i get why people want reach for that that higher power i get it because i do love where i'm at i love this plane and I, so whoever created it good job that kind of feeling as you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. i'm not trying to convert anybody to any religion i'm just saying i yeah <laughs> Like, it's, it's a weird one. It's, it's really a weird one to put your hand on because when you like, explain your trip, oh, fuck, I don't know. It, it, it's, yeah. it's different. Well, it doesn't sound like you have like a super specific belief about what no, no, anything no. is. So that makes that's, it pretty hard to convert anybody no, <laughs> to anything. Thinking, that's what I was trying to think when I say, you know, because be- even with my friends that were, were that were atheists with me in a way, and I tell them that shit and they're like, well, nah. I was like, okay, that's cool. I mean, then when the people before, if if I said something I believed, and someone disagreed with me, I would get pissed, you know. Uh huh. But now it's just like I say something I believe, and people don't get it. I'm like, it's fine too, man. Just believe what you want. Just don't hurt anybody. Yeah, it's really simple. Life should be that simple. It's like, hey, uh-huh. man, as long as you're not hurting anybody, just do what you want. Honestly. Right. And that limits a lot of people what they like to do, and that's hey, <clears> different strokes for different folks. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier with religion. Mm-hmm. Um that you know where they go wrong it seems like is when like power and corruption steps in so like with sanctuary how can we how can we uh avoid that and instead like grow and be open to everyone simple if you just put the words out there we all need to be to love each other of course and be extremely honest with ourselves Mm-hmm. And each other when you're engaging in in sanctuary and that is 
it sounds really simple. And, but also with that, have the understanding that it's okay to be human. There's no, there's not going to be any levitating in sanctuary. It's not going to be like anybody's any better than anyone else. But the problem with being human is sometimes we let our humanity get in the way as, or you're not humanity, but like your egos get in the way or whatever. And of course, and you, we all know that we know it's going to happen. People are people. Mm-hmm. The most beautiful part of this world are people. The, the ugliest part of this world are people. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, it's going to be. I mean, it's, uh, honesty and love. On that's the true. The easiest way to put it, without putting it into technical terms, is that we, we all love each other. And we're we're just bru- I mean, brutally honest. And don't be a dick about it and just tell people they're just horrible people. No, no. Just the the big part is is if you have a group of people that are extremely honest with themselves, it's not even an effort to be honest with other people. Be, I mean, that's how I've gotten with everything. I like like when I was having issues is just with loving myself. The more I told myself over and over and over again, eventually loving myself was easier than breathing. It was just like breathing. It's the same way with anything else you want to do in life, especially in this space. Can you can you actually expand on that? Because mm-hmm. I think loving ourselves is, like that's the goal that we're all mm-hmm. trying to get to, yeah. uh, but it's maybe one of the hardest things to do. And you yeah. acknowledge that you've done some shitty things and you've talked mm-hmm. to me about how you treat people when you were younger and whatnot. And so mm-hmm. how did you get to the point of being able to love yourself like you are uh, when I was trying to figure out a way to explain it to people because I know how I do it to me it makes sense mm-hmm. but to some people they're like I need you to explain to me I'm like okay okay it took me a while to come up with that and the best way to explain it is um, the same way if I always always tell people we didn't learn to walk in a day we didn't learn to talk in a day it took time it took effort it took repetitive action it's the same damn thing mm-hmm. anything you want to you want to learn to love yourself? How about you repeat it every day and mm-hmm. mean it? Not just like I love myself. Just I really love you. Mm-hmm. And it, like I said, anything you want to remember, if you do it enough, it's just like breathing. Mm-hmm. So if we can, if we can learn to hate hate a politician, you can learn to love yourself if you put it in that context. Mm-hmm. You put all that energy into hating something due to a color they have on or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yet, you, it's hard to turn that inside and just make it a positive. Mm-hmm. We can convince ourselves so much negative shit that you can do the same thing with positivity. So it's like almost like you just saw the other side of the coin and mm-hmm. started focusing on that. Yeah, and then and then everybody's like, "Well, what about you know bad things that happen?" That's simple for me. <sighs> of course, bad things are gonna happen to me, man. But I also remember I did a lot of bad shit. I'm not saying I should be punished for what I did, but I do believe every, everything will come back to you mm. that you put out. Well, I, w- I wonder no. about that. I, yeah, yeah. Just if there's a way to kind of negate negative karma or to offset it, you know, so that you don't necessarily have to, you know, receive the suffering that you... No, I'm not saying it's an exact science. But I'm saying for my process, my mind is, if it happens to me, I'm not going to let it just floor me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not saying I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm seeing everything come back. I have no idea because mm-hmm. I'm not at, I'm not above this plane and all that I believe is above the plane we live in. Mm-hmm. So I have no control over it because I don't even know what it looks like. But as in what make, helps me sleep at night is if bad shit does happen, I don't sit with it. I don't let it just affect me to the point to where I just can't function. Mm-hmm. I've watched too many people just kill themselves literally and mentally and physically 
just kill themselves due to not able to process what's going on with them. Mm-hmm. And that's that's beyond. I, I mean, I love psychedelic work and I love helping sanctuary. That's with anyone that just needs that little help. I want to help, but I'm not. Like I said, I don't, everybody's gonna hate me when I say this. I want to help myself first. And I do believe that something, especially within a space of healing other people, you can't heal someone else if you didn't, if you've not healed yourself. Mm. That's what I, and I've seen a lot of people, I've done it before. I've tried to chase healing to where I, if I, he, if I help everyone, give all my money to someone, help me, it's going to heal me. It doesn't mm. work that way. Because mm. that's the easy way I always say. It's easy to go help people, but it's really hard to help yourself. Mm. So that's what, that's constant work. That's my constant work, man. And it's, it's fun. And y'all, and it's always funny because people see me, I, I smile too much. I'm like, man, you should have met the guy before. I never smiled. Before. You're a different fucking human being. All, all I do is smile now. You're mm-hmm. a different person than when I first met you. And everybody's like, everybody thinks it's a forced smile. I'm like, no, man, I just, I start, I just think about shit. Either it could be goofy or I just think about, I reflect so weird now. Before it used to be like, I, I have to go to nature to reflect. You know, it, mm. everybody has that misconception. I get that. I always call nature the cheat code, man. Because once you get, you touch a tree, shit, you're you're jacked in, and you're, you're it's easy to reflect. Mm. But I reflect on like buildings, man. It's like fuck all the energy that took me in. Now start, then I start diving real deep. I'm like, oh fuck, everything is energy. And then I was like, oh, everything is energy. Well, buildings, I'm like that took that's made of the earth, motherfuckers. So why, how can you not tap into something made from the planet you live on? Mm. So when you start thinking of cities as they are. It's all of Earth, man. Look at these, like these microphones, electronic equipment. This stuff baffles me, and it's all everything. Yeah, it's so all natural. When it, when you once I got my mindset there, I like I can jack into a city and just feel it and just live off the energy and have reflection and have my consciousness opens mm. to where it took me to go to a forest to do that. Now it's like I'm in the middle of a bustling city and I'm not letting any of the negativity affect me. I'm just feeling that energy and just getting basically high as hell. And sometimes where I had to retreat back and I'm like, whew, it was, mm. and it's a good high. And that's how I, I, I walk around now. So weird, dude. It's just, I, I walk around and I basically get high off all the different energies. And it sounds, I, if I would have said that shit like three years ago, <laughs> I would have slapped someone that told me that. <laughs> oh my God, man. It's, it's just, I really do get lost when I start talking about that. I, I really, I get, I get high off conversations now. That's why, now like I said, I love psychedelic mushrooms, but I fucking love what they've created created my mind as mm. in a sober mind not i mean i'm gonna go back to the space every now and then but i don't feel like i have to go there to be saved mm. I, I feel like i've they've taken me to the point where i just saved m- myself because I, I reconditioned my mind unlearned my bullshit and i'm learning new things every day and it's fun man it, it, it's weird because it was uh, this podcast went from like a really heavy i had to go back to there for a little bit and i didn't really want to for a little bit but then I, it helped I don't know why. I've told this story so many times now. So no, there's just always processing. Yeah. There's always more information. I mean, you got shit. I got that, that weighing on my mind right now, too. So it was mm-hmm. kind of good we did the podcast. Now I think that's what caused me to cry. It's because my mom. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a tough one right now. Well, you know, and you've dealt with a lot of family stuff since, since yeah. first when Michael. Yeah, I'm working on it, man. It's probably. <clears throat> yeah, but that's what I was about to say is you've, mm-hmm. like, you've handled a lot of really tough situations very calmly and. You know, just yeah. You, you thinking about the Kevin five years ago, how he would have been handling situations. Oh, that's easy. I would have steamrolled everything, mm-hmm. and then I would have 
But basically, that's the whole my, whole, whole mindset back then was, you know, it was, uh, oh, there's so many metaphors. That's one thing I, I love about the psychedelic practice, but sometimes I'm just like, just fucking stop, because it's so many metaphors, and I love metaphors, but damn, they never end. It's like, it's beautiful, but it can be overwhelming for me. But uh, like the one I came up with was like, oh, I got to think about it. Yeah, I'm basically, this, this, this right here, just talking about it, just gets me to like a really euphoric level, and I'm kind of, I don't know, I mean, it's hard to explain that. I mean, oh, I, get, I get so lost in thought with it, but it'll come back to me. Mm. But it's, a, it's, wor- it's work, man. Definitely. That's the, that's the number one thing. Before, like when I was first with y'all and everybody asked me, hey, should I do mushrooms? I'm like, fuck yeah, I do them. Now I'm like, I, I like to explain more. Mm-hmm. Before I was like, yeah, fuck it, let's see what happens. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm like, now I have to. I believe that they can help everyone. There's no one, unless your doctor says you can't take them, which has never happened. Everyone should take them, but you should be really careful of what you step into, into this world. Mm. Because I always, my, my friends now, they're like, hey, should I do them? I'm like, we'll talk. We talk, and I talk extensively to friends about it. And I'm like, I want you to think about what's really in your mind, really in your mind, and do you want to see everything in your mind? Mm. And because once you, in this world, I always say, once you see something, you can't unsee it. Mm. There's no hiding from it again. And it's, that is fucking beautiful <laughs> and terrifying at the same time because some stuff you just don't want to see. And that's why I do believe that really the integration y'all do, that really just processing yourself outside the space mm. is the most healing part of this. I agree. And if you are lazy with your integration or if you don't know how to integrate a person, you can really fuck people up. And that well, can that process starts yeah. before. I mean beforehand, like what you're saying, just, talking with people and uh, like yeah. asking, you know, are you ready to you ready to see? And it's a weird thing and, and it, it can it annoys people. Well, yeah, of course it annoys people because, you know, I can't, it's hard for me to really say that. And that's, I can't say that's the only way you should do it because that's not how I started. But at the same time, I know the error of my ways of how I did it. I did it recreationally. And it's hard. So I get kind of torn. I'm like, yeah, go do some. Nah, don't do it. You know? <coughs> so it's, it's such a weird, weird space because it, it can, it can be fun, but it, I believe it's more, it's more healing than fun. To yeah, me. Oh yeah. And, and the thing is like, you know, recreational, mm-hmm is I don't I don't think that doing mushrooms and hoping to have fun with it is uh, ill-intended. No, no, no. But no. you have to be kind of like you said, are you ready for what's going to come out of this and are you going to be willing to continue working mm-hmm. with what comes out of it and processing and being really honest with yourself oh, and yeah. therefore being honest with others. Mm-hmm. And it was, I think it was the simplest explanation I heard of uh, psychedel- psychedelic experiences. Uh, there's always a label of good trip, bad trip, mm. which I don't believe there's such thing as a bad trip. Mm. It's uh, you experience a psychedelic two ways: you experience love, or you experience what's in the way of love. Yeah, that was beautiful. That was all, I was like, holy shit! That was the simplest experience or, or explanation of this I've ever heard. And sometimes some people need a simple explanation, mm. and that's why I tr- I'm trying to be a person when I explain something to you of what I'm experiencing. I'm, I'm not an and I'll try to be an intellectual about it and I try to just tell you how I feel mm-hmm. and some people just need to hear how something fucking feels mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not 
the chemistry behind it, not the books they read. I want to know how you yeah, do Yeah, yeah. That's what's important. And that's my role in <laughs> Sanctuary is I'm going to be the I'm just, Kevin's the guy that's just going to really just tell you the simplest version of his story. I'm not going to give you the, because I'm not that I'm not the intellectual type when it comes to this space. Okay, but yeah, that's that's basically my role. I mean, I don't like roles. I'm like, it's so weird. It's so weird because now I always say I'm more of a hippie now than I've ever been in my life, and I float around, and I really do float around life, bro, mm. and I like it. And there's nothing. I'm not saying I'm not responsible. Everybody think I'm, I'm not this fucking guy that just is not no living no, in I, a tent or I, anything. No, I no no no. That's completely different. No, I will that's still responsible. Live, I will Kevin. still live in a tent. No no no. When it comes no, to like when I like when people think like, hippies got the they have the worst rap. Yeah. Because they were just handled so horribly. But the, when I say hippie, I mean I'm just I I try not to judge things, man. Mm. And it's easier said than done. I'm not, I'm not perfect. Trust me. We all have judgments when we see certain outfits on, that kind of shit. You know, just that. Look. And I, I joke a lot. And that's what I found out a lot is that's one thing that made me happy. And it's so weird. We're not even on the psychedelic subject, but what made me really happy is I found my laugh again. I, the true mm. laugh. Not that bullshit. Like, <laughs> that, just that goofy laugh, but just laughing at myself when things go right or when things go wrong. And then accepting both sides of that coin. And that's the, I think, when I, once I figured that out of acceptance of everything, I within me, of course, good and bad, that's where it really hit home with me. Because it was easy. I can always accept the good shit that happened to me or the good things I did. It was easy to accept that. But then I always, like, frowned upon the negative shit and beat myself up. But when I looked at that, I'm like, hey, man, it had to happen. Mm-hmm. Now, if it had a negative outcome, how about we don't do that again? But at least accept it, love it, look at it like, I see you. Mm-hmm. I understand what you did mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. But and uh, another metaphor, I'm gonna do it again. But the metaphor I came up with on the second trip was the boat metaphor. It was like you know, imagine your your positive and negative. Your mind's a boat. We put air, all the good shit in the front, so we can watch it, make sure it's level, make sure it's good. Throw all that bad shit in the back. But we're not watching it. It gets too heavy back there. It tips your boat. But when you take that same boat and you put both of them side by side, you can watch both of them equally, tend to both of them, and it keeps your boat afloat. Mm. It's easy to throw all that bad shit in the back and just hide from it. But when mm-hmm. you look at both of it equally, and you're like, you love both sides of yeah, it. Yeah, and it's tricky. Sometimes mm-hmm. you think that you're facing the bad shit and you're really just justifying it. You know? Yeah. Um, I think that's, I, you know, I'm go, I've been going through a lot of soul searching in the last little while here. Um, and it's really struck me how, you know, you know, em- embracing your shadow is one thing, but celebrating your shadow is different. Yeah. And, um, I think, I think it's important that we're all really careful and we're really, like you said, honest with ourselves, mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, we are keeping the balance yep and that's what i was just it's funny that you were just saying that i was thinking how like sometimes it's it's ironic to me and kind of like big like what the fuck that i'm somehow like this role that i'm at in sanctuary and even with maiko because i I see myself as you know having so many flaws Mm -hmm. but as you were talking it kind of struck me that 
in it that it's actually really important that I do because I we don't want anybody that's going to be in any kind of a like leadership upfront capacity to be overbalanced on mm. the good quote stuff yep. right yeah like that's when you get into the guru shit and get into the o shows mm-hmm. and you get into all like so i yesterday i was feeling really pretty deep sense of imposter syndrome right like <laughs> oh, fucking i how can i be this how can i be this person yeah. you know people looking to me like i've got some answers and uh so you're you're you've helped me so much and watching you go through your process has helped me so much here sitting talking with you right now is helping me see that you know we're all in the place that we should be and to just accept that love that is how we can be more effective in that role yeah. i always say man when you give your breath a chance give yourself a chance give it you know lighten up on yourself a little bit you, mm. you know fuck it's okay to be human that's another thing that's come out of all this mm. and i mean granted there's nothing nothing's perfect as in being human mm-hmm. <laughs> the world that we live in is perfect how it is as in if we just li- didn't fuck with it it'd been perfect but we're not going to go into that that's more of that religious thing but yeah er- everything right here is perfect now and i think the only thing that m- makes us not perfect is our minds is how we perceive ourselves and other yeah. people <clears throat> but that's also the beauty of it we get to think ourselves and even that's mm-hmm. perfect mm-hmm. because all yeah. the things that we think that are wrong or all the the misconceptions that we have yeah if we're patient and we look at the long view we see that they eventually lead us to truth yeah and that's where i always get into that people get in that misconception of you know psychedelic people or psychedelic experiences it's all just them have you know having a good trip tripping and seeing cool shit no man it's <laughs> It's a deep dive into the, into the human experience. Mm. It's beyond. I mean, granted, you know what? If you don't want to do psychedelics, don't, man. Live your life. You're fucking happy, and you you love what you do every day. Don't do psychedelics. If you were this even keeled person that just goes along, and you have a great life. You're happy all the time. I'm not saying do psychedelics. I'm not saying don't either, though. I I'm think not that saying those don't people either. can benefit greatly. But the same thing. That's why I always <laughs> tell people. It's like everybody thinks you have to do them when you get into a space. I'm like. I mean, it's just weird. People think it's that thing of like we have to do something. Yeah, don't. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, man, you don't have to do any. That's what. Uh, that's my favorite part. If you want to get really like, I start doing mind games with people. Is like everything's a choice. Mm. Do you want no, to do psychedelics? Every no, everything in life is a choice. <laughs> yeah. Period. You don't have to breathe. You mm. choose to breathe. You can stop yourself from breathing. Mm. Yeah. Only thing you have to do, honestly, if you really break it down to a really basic thing. Only thing that's guaranteed in your life is death. So, with that little darker note, that's another thing I've been preparing in my mind. I understand that's because that's the only guarantee I have in life that I know is going to happen to me is I'm going to die. Mm. I'm going to do everything I can to make my life a beautiful existence. Mm. And so, when I do leave this place, I leave this place smiling, happy, not screaming and terrified. Mm. That's the heavier note of all this. I just want, that's the guarantee. I always say that's your guarantee, man. 
and taxes, but hey, we're not going to go into that. <laughs> but yeah, death is the only thing you're guaranteed in this world. That's the only thing we're all going to equally experience. And hey, death doesn't have to be dark. Oh, no. no I mean, no. who knows? Yeah. But like the word death is probably the most terrifying word to most, a lot of people. Well, to, to the uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, The unknown. Yeah. yeah. But then more, and that's another thing about being in the psychedelic experience is not saying people look forward to death, but we have, once we dive really deep into it, we have an understanding of you know, altered states and going to another place, basically. And am I saying I know what happens when we die? No. <laughs> if you tell me you know, I'm like, okay, whatever. You don't, no one really knows. We want to know. That's, that's part of being human. We want to know. Mm-hmm. But that's what makes humans beautiful. We want to know. Mm-hmm. So when, you know, you get mad at someone, just remember, man, just like, it's just a human, dude. Just doing their thing in their own shit. They yep. get it. And that's the part of the meditation reflection I've been having the last two years now is trying to do that. I get it and really mean it when someone says something to me and not get emotionally charged up for no fucking reason. Mm-hmm. Like, I hate Trump. I'm not going to get mad about it. Or I hate this person. I hate this. Or I'm not getting mad at him for it. I understand it and I get why you feel that way. And, and when I say that, that is everything, every human experience. I'm not saying they're right. I'm not saying they're wrong I'm just saying I get it mm. and that is a healing for me mm-hmm. to look at something fucking horrible and actually look at it and be like I get it I'm not saying it's right just accept it I, not even accepting it just I get it because mm. some shit you see it's just like you can't unsee mm. I've seen mm-hmm. some shit you can't unsee I shouldn't have seen it as a kid mm. that kind of stuff mm. so that's why and other thing and there's a lot of things that, that pulled that pulled out of me like after the second retreat was what I was exposed to as a child I shouldn't be exposed to. It didn't help. It explains why I am the way I am as a human. You know, I shouldn't have been sexually active at five. I have to remember that after that trip. I shouldn't, you know what I'm saying? I shouldn't, that shouldn't have happened to me. And that's when it came to the the understanding of I have zero responsibility for what happens to me as a child. Because I'm a fucking child, right? Mm-hmm. But I have 110% responsibility to address those issues and fix them as an adult. Mm-hmm. Mm. So it wasn't my fault that shit happened to me as a little kid. And a lot of shit did happen. I, didn't, I, just didn't, I thought it, ever, it happened to every kid until mm-hmm. I really reflected on it at 41 or 40. And not saying it, it wasn't, wasn't stuck in my mind. So when I tell people, be careful what you open up in your mind with psychedelics, that's what I mean. I didn't remember that. Yeah. I didn't remember. I don't remember. I didn't remember. Like I said, uh, that's something you never want to hear is your child was sexually active at five. You don't want to hear that. Then mm. it's something that as long as we've known each other through all this, you've not really started talking I, about. I was processing that. And yeah. And mm-hmm. I think obviously there's more to go and I appreciate oh, that. Yeah, you've yeah, been, yeah. You've been just start starting to yeah. open that up. Cause it's, it's not only is it important for you, it's important for other people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was really, it, it was weird. I was like, Oh no, it, it was, but it, if that would have came out, say about when I was in that fucked up 14 year headspace, Oh yeah, yeah. I I don't know what I would have yeah. fucking done, yeah. but I'm you know, and there's no one I blame because it was a you know another you know, it was, I was five and she was twelve, 
I just didn't know what was going on. Right. So, and then when, when that happened, I processed the show that. I'm like, what the fuck did she go through mm-hmm. to be able mm-hmm. to, oh, to right. show me these yeah. things? Mm-hmm. And then it just spiraled. And then all of a sudden, I go, got into that headspace of my perspective on a man. I know what it's like to be a man. I couldn't imagine what it was like to be a woman and then get into that whole mind trip. And I'm not saying I know what women want. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I could not imagine. Mm. So it gives me more respect for women. Mm. Wow. Mm. That's so. that's one of the most amazing things about you, man, is that you take the hardships and you turn them around and use them as an opportunity to see life in a more beautiful, more complete way. Yeah, because it's easy to see all the dark shit in the world, man. It's mm. everywhere. It really <coughs> is. Yeah, but you don't take the easy route. No, it's just one of those things where... I could easily just choose to hate everything I see. Right? I could I could do that. It's a choice. Mm. It just doesn't feel good. It doesn't mm. feel good to wake up angry, bitter to the world, and also yeah. your body starts breaking down due to your anger. There's a lot of that shit going around too, you know? Yeah, and I don't, and, it, and that's what's funny is I see it, look at it, and do I can engage with it or I don't. Well, I love, I love, sorry to interrupt you, the, um, Eric and I have been talking about on this podcast and in, in general, uh, the concept of responsibility and uh, the difference between uh, being responsible to versus being responsible for. Mm-hmm. And um, that's, you know, another thing like I think Eric and I both really love about you is just how you take responsibility for what you you have responsibility for. Um, and that's so empowering. And you really take like ownership in what you have responsibility to, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So I just, I just love you, man. It's a diff. That's a difficult. One. I always tell people that. And the way I did that, and just in, oh, I love you too, by the way. I'm just really just about to, just my head's all just fuck. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but, uh, the best way to explain that is um, if you're, I always tell people if you're struggling with shit honestly with your life and you just feel like it's out of control you really need to lay down your needs and your wants because mm. in our life our wants are always outweigh our needs god that's so the, when you take that down break your needs down this is what i need to live okay okay and then outside of needs what is it you actually want and you're going to find out the want you want if you, you can throw away probably fucking 75 percent of them <laughs> but that's what i do Mm. I don't take on more than I can handle. And it's easier said than done for some people because people have different responsibilities. But my life, I've made my life a lot lighter. Because me, if I get too much going on at once, if my plate's too heavy and I don't ask for help, I'm fucking just, I'm a, I can be a mess. And it's stupid because even if I, when I get into that messy spot, but I, I, I laugh at it sometimes. I'm like, well, we'll get out of it. You know, before I would just dive into it and just go crazy and be like, my life's over. Now I'm just like, Oh, fuck, we shouldn't have done that, but it's funny that we did it because we knew we shouldn't have done it. But hey, how dare you be human? I always tell myself that Damn, too. Bro. How fucking dare oh. you be human, dude? But then, you know, it's just, it, it does feel like that's why I've told you this morning or this week, I got to check myself sometimes, man. I was like, like when the bad shit happens, like with my mom right now, she's in a really critical condition. I'm not sad. I'm worried. I'm not sad. I'm not letting it ruin my, like, wreck my mind where it's just going to make me go crazy. Mm. When bad things happen in my life, I don't freak out. 
like I used to. I used to freak out hard. Now it's just like, are you okay? You know what I mean? <laughs> should you be feeling bad? No. I'm feeling the way I, I should be feeling. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with it. I really like what you said this morning. Uh, for everybody listening out there, if you live in the the U.S., then you're probably uh, you're probably using the toilet and a oh, clean, yeah. drinkable water. Yeah, so, yeah. if you need yeah. to put yeah. things in perspective yeah. today, yeah. Bad, <laughs> or you just took a shit in clean water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, not to use this as like a spiritual bypassing moment, but just to put things in perspective yeah. that things are probably yeah, not as bad as we as we think. <laughs> when I'm down the dumps and I feel like kind of shit's kind of bad, then you know, if we sh- we shit in clean water, dude, you, you said it, it blew my fucking mind. I was just like, oh damn, this guy's got fucking gold nuggets just popping out of his mouth. It's yeah, just, it's, the, it's the beauty of being a physician and activist. Mm. Is I I see can. With y'all's help, I'm not saying y'all did it because I wouldn't have been able to do it. Oh, you've done so much uh, work, man. I'm saying as mm-hmm. in, but I always give it back to thank I thank y'all a, a lot. Because granted, as much as I, you, you all said I've helped y'all, fuck, dude, y'all have kept me afloat with just that constant love and y'all's humanity. As in, y'all show, showed me from the beginning. Y'all even told me we are just fucking humans. There, we, have, we, have, we argue, we have problems. We're not this higher being so once i fell in love with that that on mm. how honest you were with me because i was not honest with myself and it's just yeah man it's just a good experience it's really it, and, it, I, and it's funny because i look forward to it every day and that's why i say if you have if you're having issues with your life start with a baseline and my baseline is i'm grateful when i wake up yeah breathing and that's that was part of my my healing with after that first retreat was this was those little things i'm starting to do repetitive actions over and over again and I believed it mm. when I first started doing that I'm like oh here we go happy I'm alive that kind of shit because mm. I felt like I had to do it but now with meditations uh, it was a big one it helped me and what I like about meditations now is I don't have to do them when I listen mm. because I always believe you should meditate when you feel like you're out of balance and you need to get back on track a little bit right makes sense as meditation was for to be a higher self when you feel a little off I don't feel off. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, to be in a living meditation. Yeah. yeah, I do it all the time with music, especially. Music is my meditations. Music is is God. I always say mm. it is God. Mm. It's just the way we we, t- we we talk to God without actually talking to God. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. So I feel like um, you've said this and answered this question already several different ways throughout the podcast, but uh, this is the point where. Uh, we want to know, like, to you, what does what does psilocybin say to you? I agree with you. It's okay to be human. It's mm. okay to be human. Uh-huh. And that's all-encompassing for a lot of fucking things. I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not going to give you specifics mm. like I never do. Well, yeah, like Courtney said, you have, yeah. through this wonderful conversation, you've really just shown us, and through your life, you show that it is okay to just be human. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, if it's anything I can tell anyone, it's because if you need a direct answer, everybody can your struggle that you went through the 14 years of oh, solitude yeah. with this uh i don't th- i don't think you have any idea how much you are helping other people you have helped mm-hmm. other people you are helping other people and that it was 
worthwhile. Oh yeah, man. I always look back on it. Um, uh, now I appreciate the struggle. Before mm-hmm. I just thought it was a pain in the ass, but mm-hmm. now it's, it's it's all good. Me too, man. Me too. Mm-hmm. Me too. And uh, yeah, man. Just really, really grateful to have you as a friend and part of our community. I love both of you. I just had a really good idea. I just want to voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, well, it feels like a good idea. <laughs> but uh, we're talking about psilocybin says merchandise uh, here coming coming up soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, stay tuned on that. But I had this idea that uh, just like being present with you, Kevin, and throughout this conversation and watching you just speak and go through different emotions. Mm-hmm. I was thinking like, oh, man, I want to have Kevin on a shirt, on a T-shirt. Oh, yeah. A psilocybin says t-shirt we used to have this vision like Micah, we, you know almost every retreat mm-hmm. there would be like two or three taglines that would come out of the yeah retreat, and we'd be like let's go on a fucking t-shirt oh yeah and uh, t-shirt. with the person that said it yeah i used to have a joke like it, say we have the person I think we had it in our shirt too yeah, yeah. okay bunch of them. yeah dana god bless you dana wherever you are in australia i always want to see her in yeah. a fucking space suit with a walker that like oh god there's a story there Anyway, uh, yeah, well, I mean, just that, it's okay to be human. Yeah. It's a great fucking message that Mm -hmm. Psilocybin does say. And uh, a picture of a caricature of Kevin. Yeah. I like it. I like it. I really want this to happen. I think it's a great idea. (laughs) I'm going to share this with Ron. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you, Kevin. Love you. Beating of the drum.